Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Yeah? So glad that you guys are here. I'm excited about this new series called The Gifts of the Spirit. I was at a life group last uh, fall and we were talking about some of this and I said, there were just a lot of questions that people had. And I said, you know, maybe I should do a whole series on gifts of the Spirit followed up by a series on the fruit of the Spirit. And they were like, that's a great idea. And so here we are, February 2022. And uh, we're talking about gifts of the Spirit all this month. And then we will go into the next month, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm really excited uh, about this. There's a lot of misunderstanding around these topics, and uh, we're going to go to the Word, and we're going to see what Scripture says about all this. Just want to remind you before I get started that we are having a water baptism next week. I love it, love it, love it. If you have never been baptized since uh, being a Jesus follower, if you've never gone public in your faith, I would love uh, to do some divine dunking with you next week, okay? Um, And so the way that you do it is really easy. You sign up in the foyer. There's a sign-up sheet. We will contact you next week uh, and give you instructions on on where to go and and all that good stuff. So we would would absolutely love to baptize you next week. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit, also known as spiritual gifts. These these are uh, things that, that, that the church honestly is divided on. But there's a passage of scripture found in Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians, where he spends a lot of time on spiritual gifts. And so what what we're going to do this morning, this is kind of a primer of what spiritual gifts are. We're going to look to scripture, really going to go through uh, this whole passage and and let scripture teach us what to believe. Uh, And here's how he starts that out. And I love this. He goes, now about gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant, or here in the South, ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware. Now, here's the problem. If I'm being honest, for many believers in Jesus, we are unaware. We are ignorant. We, we are uninformed when it comes to spiritual gifts. And there's been a lot of uh, teaching and different denominations teach different things. The great thing about being a non-denominational church at VFC is that we, get to, we don't have to answer to a governing body and say, well, that's what you believe. We get to answer to Scripture alone. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. So I'm going to take uh, all, not all, most of chapter 12. We're just going to read through it. And we're going to draw our conclusions 
from Scripture. Now, you need to know a few things here. Uh, When it says gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts, they're one of two words that we translate gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts. These are, by the way, in the notes. If you have downloaded the VFC app from the App Store, whether you're Android or Apple, um, you can Google or search uh, for VFC Thomasville, Victory Fellowship Thomasville, Download our app. The sermon notes are in there. Every single verse, we got a lot of scripture this morning. Every single point, it's all in there so you can go back and study it. So there's two words in the Greek uh, that, are, that are used. Pneumatikos is the first one. Uh, and it, we would say in English, we would translate, uh, transliterate it uh, pneumatikos. These, it's translated gifts of the spirit, spiritual gifts, special abilities, Spiritual matters or spiritual realities. Those are the, the different, some of the different phrases that are used to translate that word. The other word that's often used is charisma. To say it right, you got to have like popcorn in the back of your throat. Charisma, right? Now we say charisma, right? Uh, that, that's, that's the English transliterated word. Well, that means literally grace gift. Grace gift. Or the way I like to think about it is the resulting benefit of finding favor with someone. The resulting benefit of finding favor with someone. I asked his permission. He's not here this morning, but there's a, a guy that goes to our church named Brian Saberg. Brian, Brian works in the parking a lot, a, a, a good deal here, and he's just he's a fantastic guy. Well, I don't know if you know this or not. But one of the things Brian does is he's got a pocket full of mints. Some of you are nodding your head. You're like, yep, he slipped me a mint before. <laughs> and so, you know, he'll come up to me and go, hey, pastor. And then he'll shake my hand. And in his hand, there's like a mint or two. Um, I had to get used to how to, you know, I feel like I'm doing a drug deal or something. But I had to learn how to pocket those mints, you know, on the slide. Here's the thing. Uh, spiritual gifts... Are special abilities given to Christians by the Holy Spirit that allow us to participate in supernatural ministry? That's what, that's what spiritual gifts are. Now, see, we need to understand. You look at, you look at Brian. There is a benefit for knowing Brian Saberg, and that's mints. <laughs> it's a gift. It's a gift that he automatically gives if you know him. If you don't know him, you won't get that gift. It's unearned. You didn't buy those mints. He bought those mints. But because you know Brian and you found favor with him, you get mints. Does that make sense? So in the same way, spiritual gifts or gifts of the spirit are special abilities. That's the gift. A special ability given to Christians. So who's it given to? Christians, people who know Christ. By whom? By the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. That do what? What's the point? Well, the mints make your, your, your breath fresh, right? Well, so what do these gifts do? Well, these allow us to participate in supernatural ministry. That's what gifts of the Spirit are. They allow you to minister in ways you couldn't minister. They allow you to do things that you previously couldn't do before. It's like it's supernatural ministry. What does that mean? You're natural, your ability, plus God's super, his ability is supernatural. And, and so that's what these gifts of the spirit are. They allow you to operate in supernatural ministry. I like to think of them as power tools. See, when you minister in your own ability, which you can do, and that's a good thing. 
When you minister in your own ability, it's like using a screwdriver. It's great. But when you minister in God's ability, power is added to it, and it's like using a power drill. It's even better. Screwdriver's great. Power drill, even better, right? A rake is wonderful when it comes to leaves, right? You used to rake before, it works. But a leaf blower, you add power, you get the job done quicker and more effectively. That's what spiritual gifts are. It's when you partner with the Holy Spirit, because you know the Holy Spirit, he gives you a gift, an ability, an endowment. It's something that that you previously couldn't do for the purpose of ministry. Isn't that so cool? Shouldn't we as Christ followers want that? I think so. I think so. Here's the deal. There's some theology out there, though, that says that gifts of the Spirit have passed away. And I just, I just need to address this real quick. No, spiritual gifts have not passed away, okay? Now, I, I want to be careful because I get, I get worked up about this, okay? So I'm going to breathe. Uh, and, and this is not an us versus them. If you have a friend, family member, people that go to another church and they teach that gifts of the Spirit have passed away, they're Christian brothers and sisters, we love them. But we look to scripture, not tradition, to tell us what to believe. And there is absolutely, positively no scripture that even comes close to suggesting that spiritual gifts have passed away. It's just not there. And and so I want to show you, it's funny, one of the verses that's often used to say that spiritual gifts have passed away actually says the exact opposite. It tells you when they will pass away and it's not now. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 8 through 10. So just so you know, chapter 12 is talking about spiritual gifts. Chapter 13 is talking about love. We'll get to that in a moment. And chapter 14 is is talking about how to utilize spiritual gifts in a church service so that people aren't going crazy everywhere in your service and you run everyone off because you're weird. Okay? That's what chapter 14 is about. And, and so in the middle of, he's talking about spiritual gifts, they're fueled by love, and then here's how you do them right. In the middle of the love chapter, this is what he says. He's comparing love to spiritual gifts. Verses 8 through 10 says, love never ends. You may have heard never fails. Love never ends. As for prophecies, that's a spiritual gift, they will pass away. So prophecies will pass away. As for tongues, speaking another language that you don't know, they will cease. They will. They will. As for knowledge, it will pass away. You know, supernatural knowledge will pass away. Now, if you stop reading in that verse, you might come away with the idea that maybe that's happened already. Well, you got to keep reading, okay? Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, here we go. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Let me ask you a question. This can be very difficult. I need you to think really hard. Is life perfect? Okay, you need spiritual gifts then. Right? The perfect has not come. That's heaven. That's when we go to be with the Lord. We won't need spiritual gifts. We won't need these endowments by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're going to be in his presence 24-7, right? So we don't need those at that point. And love will continue all into eternity. But tongues and prophecy and other spiritual gifts won't continue. There's no need to do any of that stuff in heaven, right? That's what the scripture is clearly saying. And so we need to understand spiritual gifts have not passed away. And I encourage you, again, I don't want to create this us versus them mentality. That's dangerous. That's not good for the body of Christ. But you need to understand something. The majority of Protestant Christians worldwide 
believe that gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. 65% of Christians worldwide are Pentecostal slash charismatic, the majority. So if you believe the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today, you're in the majority of Christians worldwide. Okay, Now, that's not necessarily the case in the southeast of America, (laughs) but worldwide, the majority of people believe in gifts of the Spirit. Are you with me? Okay, good deal. So I'm going to go through this morning. We're going to be going pretty quickly. Again, there's like there's a lot of verses, a lot of scripture we're going over. Um, and we're going to talk about some things you need to know about spiritual gifts. We're just going to go through them really, really quickly, okay? Things you need to know about spiritual gifts. And here's the first thing. Spiritual gifts, the things said and done during spiritual, uh, when someone's operating in a spiritual gift, aren't equal to Scripture and can't override Scripture. The written Word of God is our anchor, right? What does an anchor do for a boat? It keeps that boat from moving too far. And so when we're in a service and God's speaking through people, and we experience that here fairly regularly, right? God will give a word through someone or, or a healing or a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or, or occasionally a tongue and interpretation. It doesn't happen a ton, but it happens sometimes. When that happens, Scripture remains our anchor. And so if, if, a, if a boat has an anchor that's been let down, it might flow a little bit to this side, and it might flow a little bit to that side, but it can only go so far because it's anchored right? To the ground. We are anchored by the written word of God. And so God, does God want to speak to you, through you, with you, for you? Absolutely. Is he going to override the written word? No, he's not. Why? Because God's not confused, right? So he's never going to say something that disagrees with scripture. And so Paul knows this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, remember that's what we're reading. We're going to, we read verse one, it was up on the screen. We're going to read verses two and three now. It says this, You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What's going on? See, the the Corinthians, this letter, 1 Corinthians, is, is, um, is in response to a letter the Corinthians sent to Paul asking a bunch of questions. And all throughout this book of the Bible, you can see, okay, now regarding this, he's topically addressing stuff because he's addressing their questions. Evidently, there was a question about spiritual gifts. And that's why he goes, okay, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant, right? And then he launches into this. He goes, look, your past, your religious past was pagan, and you worship idols that don't speak. Now you worship a speaking God, so you need to use some common sense, Okay? He's, the spirit is not going to say something through you that doesn't jive with the core tenets of Christianity. You can't curse Jesus under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? That just makes to us, that's obvious, but, but they had never experienced a speaking God before. And so he's like, look, you you just need to kind of use some common sense here. We are tethered to, we are anchored by the written word of God. The words said and actions done through gifts of the Spirit don't provide new information from God, but illuminate existing information from God. Do you see the difference? It's a different perspective, a different way of looking at existing information from God. Okay? That's what spiritual gifts do. 
So what do we have to do? If, if someone's speaking, they're, they're, they're saying, well, God told me this. What do we do? Well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 is a great place to start. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, writes to the church and says, dear friends. Hey, that's you. He thinks you're, you're a friend. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. <laughs> right? That's what John says. He's like, look. Don't just, because someone say, well, God told me, that doesn't mean they're right, right? Anyone can say, God told me this. It's like, nah, I don't think he did. Why? Because you get the right to test the spirit. You get the right to inspect. Well, what do we inspect? Well, we inspect it against the written word of God. Does it conflict with that? And then we inspect it against the character and the fruit in the life of the speaker. Those are the two things. You compare it to the word of God. Does it go against the word? No? Okay. Well, what's going on in the life of the person speaking? They're a dumpster fire. Okay, you might, want, might not want to act on that word. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, you will know false prophets, false teachers by their fruit. That is the way they act. Right? So someone is living uh, a gross spiritual life. They, they, they aren't, uh, you can just look at them and realize they're not living by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they want to try to tell you that God told them something. You might want to just put that word on the shelf and look at it from a distance. Because we get to test the Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay? So we need to understand. We need to understand, just because someone says they're speaking on God's behalf does not mean they are. You get to test what was spoken. Next thing you should know about gifts of the Spirit is that spiritual gifts work through people in different ways. Spiritual gifts work through people. We're just going to keep reading the same passage, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read 4, 5, and 6 here. So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. See, we need to be aware when the Holy Spirit is moving through you, through someone else, it might be a little different than it does when he moves from, it may sound different, act differently. The Holy Spirit does things differently through others than he does through you. And that's okay. He made you different on purpose, right? God sounds differently when he speaks through different people. God moves differently when he moves through different people, and this is by design. So it's okay if you're like, well, that's not how I do things. Well, you're not the Holy Spirit. He gets to do things how he gets to do them because he's kind of, he's God. And you're not, right? So we need to give each other a break. If things aren't going the way we exactly think they should go, that's when we give each other a break. We, we, we value the person, even if we don't value the opinion. And we test the spirit, right? Test it against the written word, test it against the character and the life displayed by the person. And then we go about our merry way, okay? So it's okay that spiritual gifts are different through different people. Here's another thing you need to know about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts aren't for you, but through you. Spiritual gifts aren't for you, but through you. We're going to read the very next verse. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for who? For the common good. 
Why does the Holy Spirit move through people using spiritual gifts? For the common good, for everyone, right? So someone moving in a spiritual gift, that's not for them, that's for everyone else. And we get into trouble when we try to use spiritual gifts to impress others as a demonstration of authority or power. Well, I can do this. Yeah, well, you're a jerk, (laughs) right? We don't want to be like that. You need to understand that these spiritual gifts aren't for you. They're through you. Guys, gifts are given away, right? You don't buy a gift for someone, act like you're giving it to them, and then open it real quick and run off with it. (laughs) That'd be weird. Well, spiritual gifts are meant to be given away. But when you use spiritual gifts for yourself, you're opening someone else's gift. I remember when the kids were little, if you had small kids, two, three, four, five, even a little bit older, and they go to a kid birthday party, and there's always that one kid that's trying to open someone else's gift. I'm judging the parent really hard when that happens, just so you know. (laughs) Like, don't do it. Don't, it's not your gift. Like, we would sit our kids down before going to a birthday party. All right, okay, Ethan. (laughs) The gifts at this party are not for you. They're not? No, they're not. Okay, so we gave a gift, but it's no longer yours. It's not? No, it's not. So don't open any gifts. Okay. And we, like, we would walk them through that because, right, kids are innately selfish. And we want to use stuff on ourselves, right? Some adults are innately selfish. And so when we're dealing with spiritual gifts, we give them away. They're not for you. They're through you. We keep reading. And we learned that the Bible mentions nine spiritual gifts that can be divided into three categories. The Bible mentions this next passage, and we're going to read it, and then I'm going to show you the categories. Nine different spiritual gifts. I do not believe this is an exhaustive list. I believe the Holy Spirit can move even more ways than what we're about to read. But these are the ones that are in Scripture, and we can kind of see they, they're kind of categorized in three main categories. So let's just read this. It's, it's, it's chapter 12 still, 8 through 10. It says, For one, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. You see, he's kind of like nailing that by the same Spirit. He's trying to get across to them, same Spirit, different stuff. Okay, it's all right for it to be different. Okay, he keeps going. Um, To another, faith by the same Spirit. Gifts of healings by the same Spirit, verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. The word tongues means languages. To another, the interpretation of tongues or languages. So if those, we just read off nine potential gifts of the Spirit according to Scripture. And I, I like to, I'm a simple person, you guys. I like to simplify things. And so this is how I like to categorize the gifts of the Spirit. Know what God knows, say what God says, or do what God does. The gifts of the Spirit, every gift of the Spirit you can find is going to be one of these, under one of these headings. Know what God knows, say what God says, or do what God does. And the rest of this series, which I really encourage you to make time for, we're going to go next week is know what God knows. We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts where you can know what God knows. The week after, Eric is going to share on say what God says. 
And then I'm going to close the series with do what God does. And we're going to go through these spiritual gifts. And you will know by the end of this which ones you operate in, what they do. And so if you see someone operating in them, and that's not the one you operate in, you won't be like, but they, it's okay. You'll understand at this point what each one is, okay? So those are the nine spiritual gifts that we see in Scripture. We keep reading and we learn that God determines which gifts you operate in. 1 Corinthians 12, again, the next verse, verse 11. It says, it's the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. So who distributes these gifts? The Holy Spirit. Man, he is just beating this dead horse, right? It's all through the Spirit, right? And then he says, he alone decides, the Spirit, he alone decides which gift each person should have. Isn't that cool? God knows you so well. He knows which spiritual gifts will work best for you. I'd like for you to think of it this way. When you were designed, God had your spiritual gifts in mind. It rhymes. I did that so you'd remember it. When you were designed, God had your spiritual gifts in mind. He designed you for a purpose, a reason. It's a calling on your life, and he wants you to use spiritual gifts so you can fulfill that calling. And it's according to your personality, your history, God's not, they were born into what family? He knows all of that. And he is working in you so that he can work through you. And so he has created you, yeah, you, with spiritual gifts in mind. And I love that. And that means if you happen to be a loud, outspoken person, I'm not going to name any names. It may be that God wants you to use more of some of the vocal, say what God says, gifts, right? You know, people who just see everything in black and white, there's no middle ground, there's no nuance. It's like, this is right. They're probably going to be used in prophetic ways because the prophet says what God says. And there's no room for error. And this is what's going on. And they often run people off. Well, if you know someone who's really, really gifted in, in, uh, in mercy and loving people, well, they're going to be using different gifts, right? And that's okay. It's the same spirit, different gifts through different people, right? That's been drummed into us from the beginning of this passage. So that's okay. That's all right. You know, if, if people are very sympathetic, it's very often God will use them in healing, in physical healing. They hear, you know, a prophet hears that someone hurt their shoulder and says, well, you shouldn't have been doing that. (laughs) Gee, thanks. While someone who moves in the the gift of healing says, oh, come here, here. Oh, I want to love you and hug you. Jesus is going to heal it. That's okay. We need all of that, right? It's perfectly okay that we respond differently. Um, The deep thinkers, the people who think deeply, well, what's the real reason? They're probably called to walk in word of of knowledge, word of wisdom, or discernment. Know what God knows, right? So so it's okay. Uh, God made you. He designed you with spiritual gifts in mind. Go with it. Just go with it. He knows what he's doing. It's kind of like he's God. Okay? 
As we keep reading, we're going to skip a, a, a portion. He really, Paul goes off into like, uh, like how our bodies made up of different body parts. We need each body part and one's not better than the other and they're all interdependent. So you can go and read that on your own. We're going to skip to verse 30 now. And we learn that you probably won't operate in all the gifts. It's okay if you don't operate in all spiritual gifts. Okay. And he says this in verse 30 of chapter 12. Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. Right? Look, you're not Superman. You're not going to be able to do everything. All right? Now, God calls some people to be apostles, and apostles in general are those kinds that it's kind of like, wow, they can kind of do everything. But in general, for most people, for most people, it's, it's okay. You're not going to walk in every single spiritual gift, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's by design. We all have a different role to play. You know, you can take any team sport. I mean, if, imagine a football team, and everyone on the team was quarterbacks. They could be the best quarterback that's ever played the game, and they're not going to win a single game. Why? Because you need someone to block. You need someone to receive. You need someone to run. You need defensive players to stop the offense. Think about a basketball team. What if everyone was a center? You know, the centers are those real big, tall guys from uh, Eastern Europe. <laughs> and these big seven-foot behemoths, right, right under the basket. What if the whole team was that? Well, there would never be any three-pointers. There would never be any passing. You need different skill sets. What if baseball? What if everyone was a pitcher? Right? Who's, who's going to catch the ball in the outfield? Who's going to throw someone out at first base? You need all of these positions to make the team work. And church ministry is based on teamwork. And so you're going to have a position to play. Play it. Don't wish that you were something else. Do what God has called you to do. It's okay that you probably won't operate in all these gifts, at least not at the same time or not in all seasons. Now, with that said, the very next verse, verse 7, I mean, sorry, verse 31.7, you should want to operate in all spiritual gifts, especially the most helpful ones. There's this idea that's like, well, I don't, like, I don't seek the gift, I seek the giver. Okay, that sounds pious and holy, but it really doesn't make any sense. Like if I was like, hey, I, I got a gift for you. You're like, Jamie, no, no. I don't want your gift. I just want you, man. And I spent all weekend doing this. You're taking the gift, okay? Right, and that's just weird. It's weird. It's not a biblical. As a matter of fact, I got two scriptures here. The very next one, verse 31 says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Earnestly, passionately desire spiritual gifts. And then 1 Corinthians 14, just a chapter over, verse 1 says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities. That's that word, uh, pneumaticos, that we talked about, the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the, the ability to prophesy. And so he's like, look, there is nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, it's a godly thing to want spiritual gifts. Why? Because you're helping others, because gifts are given away. It's not holy to not want gifts, that's weird. It's a weird concept. So yeah, you should want to operate. You're not going to operate in all of them, but you should want to. And you should say, Lord, could I potentially move in this? Would, that, would you be willing to give that to me? And if he doesn't, it's okay. It's all right. 
But it's all right to desire all the spiritual gifts, especially the ones that are the most helpful. The next thing that we see is that the gifts of the Spirit are motivated by love. We've made it through chapter 12. We're starting uh, chapter 13. The first three verses talk about this. Paul has is, explained what spiritual gifts are. He's explained how it's, it's the Holy Spirit moving through different people, so it's going to look different. He's given us nine specific spiritual gifts that we can kind of categorize in different ways. And, and then he says, he says this, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. You know, cymbals are great. We got cymbals on the drum set. Those things are really loud. Clanging cymbal. I almost had someone come up and do this during the sermon just as an illustration, but I love you too much because it would be awful. In the context of a song, you need that that cymbal sound certain times. But if you're trying to communicate with someone, have a, have, you know, talk to someone, and someone's just banging on a cymbal, <laughs> that's weird. And so the analogy that Paul is drawing, he's saying, look, if, if you may be, do- all these spiritual gifts, they're great, but if you're doing them without love as your focus, as your fuel, you sound annoying. It's not good. It's not good. He continues, if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. I'm not just a little bit, Paul? No, nothing. It does not matter. Pointless. Verse three, if I give away all I have, I don't know anyone that's done that. If I deliver up my body to be burned, if you give your life as a martyr, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If you give your life to be burned for the sake of the gospel, to be martyred for your faith, and you're Instagramming the whole thing like, yeah, I love the Lord. You get up to heaven and God's like, that didn't, that didn't help. It wasn't love motivated, it was self motivated. Right? And so he's saying, look, the gifts of the Spirit must be motivated by love. Guys, Christians are far too impressed with giftedness and make excuses for lovelessness. Shouldn't be that way. We should be so impressed when someone loves another as they love themselves. Man, we should be like, wow, that guy is incredible. That girl is amazing. They can't sing. They stutter when they give a prophetic word, but their love inspires me. Put them at the top. They're impressive. Don't we do the opposite sometimes? Someone who's very loving, we're like, yeah, just stay, stack chairs. And the people that are talented, we say, yes, oh, I feel the anointing. No, you don't. You feel their gifting. Because you'll know if someone's operating in the anointing and the presence and the spirit of God based on their love based on their love. Now, Paul did not interrupt this teaching on spiritual gifts to talk about romantic love. And I know you probably heard chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind, right? You've heard that at weddings, and it's great. It's good. I, I say it at weddings too. But the love he's talking about is not the love between a married couple. 
The love he's talking about is service and sacrifice. It's agape love. It's translated charity in the King James Bible. It's literally a giving away of yourself, and it's what every single Christian is called to. That's love. And that's what motivates, that's what fuels spiritual gifts. Guys, love is affection expressed through action. Love does what's best for the other person, not themselves. If love is not the energy that moves your spiritual gifts into action, your gifts become a danger to you and to everyone around you. I'm not going to make you raise your hands because it would be most of you. Someone, almost every single person here has gotten hurt when someone misused their spiritual gifts. That's not how it's supposed to be. And, And a lot of the backlash by people who claim that spiritual gifts have passed away is actually due to hurt and trauma. People misusing them. So they say, you know what, let's just throw the whole thing away. But that's just, we can't do that. It's not what scripture says to do. Galatians chapter five, verse six says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith, even even your faith, if it doesn't have love, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Love is a fruit of the spirit. And that tells us that the gifts of the spirit are only as good as the fruit of the spirit. The gifts of the spirit you operate in are only as good as the fruit of the spirit you walk in. And so it's really important that we understand it's not about being gifted spiritually. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us, to empty ourselves of us and let him do what he wants to through us. I like to think about it like this. Your gifts are like a sailboat. If you've ever been on a sailboat, seen a sailboat, it, it, it moves by wind. So your gifts are like a sailboat, but the fruit of the Spirit is like the wind. It's what mo- you can have a beautiful looking sailboat. If there's no wind, it's not going anywhere. Right? But when the wind's blowing, it goes somewhere. And in the same way, the fruit of the spirit is the wind that makes the gifts of the spirit move. So we have to pursue the fruit of the spirit in all that we do. Almost done here. The gifts of the Spirit are to be practiced in an orderly way. This is what we see. So we move from chapter 12 to chapter 13, which is about love. And then we move into chapter 14, where Paul is correcting the Corinthian church because they're they're all going crazy with one particular gift, which is speaking in tongues or speaking in other languages. He's like, look, he at one point goes, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. But in a church service, it's not doing anyone good because you're not interpreting it. No one knows what you're talking about. He goes, and you can read, he literally says this. If, if a visitor comes into your meeting, they're going to think you're all crazy. He goes, so why don't you do that? That's fine. But why don't you prefer a more helpful gift like prophecy? So his summation verses after this whole chapter, so it's 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. He goes, so dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. See, when we're in a meeting like this, it's very important that we love one another enough to not freak one another out. Right? Is this on? Y'all listening? I'm making sure you're still listening. Okay. So, so we need to make sure that we're doing, is, is the Holy Spirit moving through us? Like, well, Brother Jamie, I just couldn't help it. That's not what the Bible says. 
It's not what scripture says. Does the Holy Spirit want to move through you? Sometimes is that overpowering? Yeah. But right, we have to love one another enough to consider them, not just us. Right? So the spiritual gifts are to be practiced in an orderly way. How you use spiritual gifts is important. It is. It matters. All right, last point. The gifts of the Spirit can be imparted through laying on of hands. Uh, this is, so it's like, well, how do I get spiritual gifts? Well, this is how. This is what we see in Scripture. I've got three verses up here. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I love that. He's like, he's like man, I want to see, I want to visit your church. And one of the things I want to do is I want to impart spiritual gifts. So we learn that spiritual gifts are imparted. They're given, right? From someone else to another person. Well, let's look at other places. 2 Timothy 1.6 Again, Paul is talking to Timothy. He goes, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Okay, well, that's interesting. We just learned a lot. How did Timothy get his spiritual gifts? Well, Paul laid hands on him. Who gave the gift? God did through Paul to Timothy. And then he says, stir it up. You got to steward that thing. It's not a one-time thing. But you see, it was given through the laying on of hands, right? And that's what scripture says. Okay, so then that's what we believe. And then Acts 19, 6, I love this. It says when when Paul finds some believers who believe Jesus, but they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And it says this, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. He was already in them, right? That's salvation. But the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So we see, we see there were spiritual gifts that were enacted when? When hands were laid on. Now, that's called, by the way, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. But when you're baptized, the word, that word baptized, baptizo in Greek, it means to be immersed, submerged, or dipped. So when you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. But when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you. Okay? That's why Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay? Acts 1.8. So, so, so that's what's happening. So we see, well, how do I want spiritual gifts? Well, we do it through the laying on of hands. We do it through baptism in the Holy Spirit. You get spiritual gifts by coming in contact with the spiritual giver. Amen. And God likes to use us to minister to ourselves. And so that's how spiritual gifts are given. And my question to you this morning, I know I threw a lot at you this morning. There are like 17 verses we went over. But my question to you this morning is simple. It's really easy, and this is it. Are you pursuing the gifts of the Spirit? I mean, be honest with yourself. Are you pursuing the gifts? Because remember, Scripture said in two places we read it, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. If you're not doing that, I would like to ask you, why? Why? Is there a wound? Is there a misunderstanding? Has there been bad teaching? Is there fear? What's the reason? If scripture says, if you follow Jesus, Jesus wrote down his word, his word says pursue spiritual gifts, and you don't, why? I just want to poke you and challenge you. Why? Why would you not do what Jesus wants you to do? So clearly is laid out in his word. He, he wants you to do. And what's the opportunity cost of not operating in gifts of the spirit? Who is not being ministered to because of you? 
gifts of the Spirit are amazing. We get to partake in ministry in a way we never could have been able to otherwise. It's not about you. It's not about your gifting. It's about him and his power. We need spiritual gifts, you guys. I want us, I want VFC to be a church that operates in spiritual gifts. Not so we can say, look at my gift. But so we can love people, introduce them to Jesus, and let them experience the power of healing, restoration, and deliverance that comes by knowing the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. All right, next week. Next week is Know What God Knows. We're going to go over the gifts of the Spirit where you can know what God knows. Wouldn't you like to know what God knows? Yeah, because he kind of knows everything. Do you know that? He does. So he wants to share some of that with you. And he's got spiritual gifts to help you. We're going to learn about that next week. I encourage you to be here. Take a moment, though. Close your eyes. Ask yourself the question, actually ask the Holy Spirit the question I just asked you. Lord, am I pursuing the gifts of the Spirit? Maybe you grew up in church and it was all prophecy and tongues and healing. Ha! And you've gotten complacent. Oh, I I, I know about that. I have the t-shirt. What about now? Is your ministry only things that you can do by yourselves? Or is it something you need God to help you with? Are you pursuing the gifts of the Spirit? If you aren't, ask the Holy Spirit, why? Am I afraid? Has there been a wound? Have I sat under bad teaching? Speak to his Holy Spirit. You're probably going to feel some sort of thought that bounces back when you ask the Lord that. Go with it. That's probably him speaking to you. I want to lead us in a prayer where we ask the Lord to help us in this area of our lives. If you will, just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you're a, you're a, good, you're a good father and you're a good gift giver. So I want your spiritual gifts. They're not for me, but they're through me so that I can make a difference in the world around me. I give you permission to challenge me on spiritual gifts. Help me assess whether or not I'm doing what I should. Help me to earnestly desire them. Lord, my life is yours. Everything I am, everything I have, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Chance, will you close this out? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.